Snyder's Return is a tabletop role-playing podcast featuring interviews and a D&D 5e actual play adventure, so you can learn about different game systems and content creation, while also listening to us disrupt everyday life on the Sword Coast. We release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on your podcasting platform, so come join us as we improvise, adapt, and overcome. Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role-playing games. I am Matt Boothman, I have been a member of the cast for this studio production, I am now your compare backstage, as we wrap it all up. I am joined by the rest of the cast of the production. Hello, I'm Josh, I was playing Bilbo Biltong. Hello, I am Nat, I was playing Sue Sherpa. Hello, my name's Alex, I was playing Mike Sherpa. And I was also playing Greg Nevin. Fiasco, first time we any of us have played it. Mm-hmm. It's a GMless yes. game. It's incredibly freeform. How do we find it? Dumb. But, but good dumb. <laughs> yeah, really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, really stupid. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that we introduced a lot of stupid elements, but a lot of that came from the book. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Two-handed swords like you used. Uh, definitely a silly element. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, yeah. we did choose... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, but yeah. you know, some of it's decided by the dice, and it's all in the mm. playset. Somebody did write that detail for us to pick up. That's true. That is true. Yeah, and uh, the, the co-workers <laughs> at a funeral monument carving workshop. Jesus Christ! Such that a did... specific detail. <laughs> Who came up with that in that book? Honestly, <laughs> but so much was gained from that. I yeah. know so yeah. much. We had to spend a lot of Act One explaining what it was and why it was there. Mainly because we didn't know. We were like, "Is it?" Or is it this? But you compare it to um, the the Beanstalk Show Club, which still has a, a slightly odd name, but we mm. didn't really because it wasn't so bizarre mm. in the way that the mm. <laughs> the funeral monument carving workshop was. Um, I feel like the Beanstalk was a little more generic; didn't get fleshed out. Like I mm. felt like I knew the <laughs> workshop. Like I can see it. The culture it. instilled by the master. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, it gave us uh, Mike's and Greg's rivalry. It gave us the uh, well-endowed cherubs. Yeah. It gave us the uh, the monument that falls through the stage at the end. Yeah. yeah. Greg's final act. There was a lot more masonry in this <laughs> than I thought there was going to be before oh. we started. More rock than roll. M- more rock Ooh, than yeah. roll. Absolutely. Yeah. Rock and roll play. Oh, uh, that's what I have to call it. Yeah. Yeah, it gave us some metaphors for for Greg coming out of his shell, breaking mm-hmm. yeah. his, breaking through the stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was saying to Matt off mic earlier, but that was the most relaxed I felt with like a GMless game. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you yeah. can feel a little bit like you're floundering because you play um, role playing games and you're just so used to having a, a DM or a GM that will jump in and say, "No, that doesn't happen," yeah. or "Actually, the room is this big," or "Actually, mm-hmm. this person appears." Yeah. So to have the freedom to say whatever you want to is a bit daunting. But this gave 
I know it was silly enough that there was no bad answers. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I felt mm. very comfortable introducing elements, and I think we all came up with a lot. Yeah, and I think you're not worried about bringing in mechanics in the scenes no. either. Like, so in Galactic, you can frame scenes and stuff, and then as you're going through the scenes, you might be looking down at your character sheet going, okay, what are my uh, weak and strong moves, and so on. Whereas this, like, once a scene is going, you know that the only thing you have to decide, and maybe not even you have to decide, somebody has to decide, is like which way does it go for you at the end i think for for us specifically who have experience doing improv i think it just means that you're you just kind of let it go at that point just let it roll yeah i think when it's so free form as well like i say no idea is a bad idea and if you're playing a farcical game like this you Mm. can introduce characters with really stupid names and not worry that you're ruining the tone (laughs) whereas if you're playing a serious game you introduce somebody and you call them bing bong then you just ruined (laughs) you know the whole the whole tone whereas this you can bring in whoever you want to yeah tito luna was Mm. was a pre pre pre-written name I should say. Yeah. Yep. Tito Although, Luna Jr. was not. Yes. The, the tiger or the wild animal came from a, a, one of the fiasco tables, but we decided yeah. what it was and uh, what his name was. I thought it was interesting what you were saying about the the fact that there was so free free form and like so you can do anything you like. I found that, I did find that a little bit overwhelming because I don't mm. think I've played a GM-less game yet. Mm-hmm. But because of the silliness and I think because of the people that I'm playing with like I'm comfortable playing with you guys yeah. and we can riff off each other so that that in and of itself makes it comfortable and I know definitely Matt came to my aid with the the, the sword and the stone right at the very end <laughs> he was like oh that hasn't been mentioned probably should drop that in there so I think having two people it's but like you 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 Josh as well like you can see the two people that DM a lot <laughs> Because your you two came in quite frequently, being like, "Oh, this this could happen, and this could happen." Whereas mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm gonna wait to see if anything drops into my head." And sometimes it did, and sometimes mm-hmm. it didn't. I think it's but, nice in games like this that um, you can kind of pick who's in each scene, and the, mm-hmm. the remaining people can be the audience and the peanut gallery and ask yeah. questions yeah. and throw in details. That's always works quite nicely, I think. There's a collective responsibility for everybody to provide something yes. to the scene because. Yeah. It's kind of not nice being the centre of a scene when you're improvising because it can be quite overwhelming mm. if you've got no framework. So to then have the other people at the table throwing in silly suggestions, <laughs> throwing in ideas, bringing characters in, sort of takes the spotlight off of you a little mm. bit, mm-hmm. which which is nice. And like I say, everybody has got the chance to jump in, even when they're not in a scene, like you yeah. said, Matt, and can bring in some really stupid characters. For sure. Yeah, the security guards <laughs> and the master yeah. and the, the boy master. on the beach. Oh. Just, Poor Derek. Poor Derek. <laughs> the first casualty of this story. <laughs> Fuck off, Derek. <laughs> I mean, we're we're talking we're talking quite unpacking the game and the mechanics in quite intellectual terms. But I, what is everybody's just immediate impression that they're left with from this game? I was really fucking silly. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. My my main question is, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, almost every scene, something happened in it that was unexpected, mm. and I couldn't have. If you'd given me hours, I wouldn't have thought, oh, yeah, Alex is going to do this. Oh, yeah, Nat's going to do this. Yeah, yeah like, and, and some of it emerged quite slowly as well. Like, it was little details like uh, Greg envisaging Sue as some sort of avatar of death. <laughs> yes! Like, it was a kind of a thing that was sort of slow burned throughout the whole story. Like, it wasn't a, a weird thing that happened in one scene. It it just yeah. kept, we kept it feeling it, it, it kept, through. Yeah, yeah, bouncing off and building and building, pushing it further and further. Honestly, listeners, if you could have seen the look on Nat's face when she first did the voice of Sue, she just scared herself. She just looked like 
what? Who is this woman? Where has this come from? Why am I playing an old sea witch? I'm very, very confused right now. I think this is the problem, is that why am I playing an old sea witch again? <laughs> You're comfortable with it. I... And it was great. You're one, a very competent sea witch. One day I will play a character that is not old woman with lots of hair, <laughs> some ties to death. If there was a time to play an old woman with lots of ties, ties to death, it was this playset about yeah. ageing rockers reaching the end of their road. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was glad, I almost felt a bit stumped in Act 1 when it just felt we were trying to recruit people. I was a bit worried we'd spend the entirety of Act 1 being like, now we need to find this person, now we need to recruit this person. So your decision to just jump immediately from uh, the conflict with, oh, the the master won't let them be in the band, to just... Can the next scene just be the master's funeral? Yeah. Was just absolute genius. Yeah, I was great. just worried it was going to be lots of arguing with the master <laughs> and Alex's look on his face was like, I don't want to do this character anymore. <laughs> I like the master. I was, I was glad. Mm. I was glad that I brought him in. Yeah, um, eating pot noodles in bed. Eating pot noodles in bed. Yeah, the fact that that we opened the shutter doors and he'd just been in there the entire time, so he gets locked in every night. <laughs> Grandpa Joe in bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just right. astonishing, <laughs> astonishing levels of silly. Waiting and watching. <sighs> it's nice to be able to um, set a scene as well, or at least if you, as an individual, um, give up the ability on your turn to give uh, to set the scene, you can give it to mm. everybody, mm. and so then we can all jump in and say, "Oh, how about this? Yes, and this. Yes, and yeah. that." And you just start to sort of build it up from the it ground. Snowballs. Yeah. Again, it takes away the responsibility of one person, like a GM, yeah. who has to think on their feet. It's like, well, if we all do it together, mm. we're all responsible for the bullshit that comes out. Yeah. Well, was anybody <laughs> consciously trying to game it in terms of the numbers and colours of dice you were picking up? Was anybody going like, oh, I need to resolve this one because I want to make sure I get this particular mm, die? No. I mean, there was a vague sort of leaning towards black as soon as I got a black dice, <laughs> but it wasn't anything I was like, I've got to do this. It was more like, oh, it just keeps happening this way and people kept basically shafting me um, to allow me to get black dice. So I think it was actually more collaborative because people could have been like, no, you succeed there. Mm, yeah. Have a white dice. I think, yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily like an intentional, I'm going to go after all the white dice <laughs> and, and win. I'm going to win this game that you're not really supposed to win. No, exactly. Um, but that being said, for the first two scenes, for the scenes in Act 1, I had a very clear idea of like, I think this would be a good scene that would make sense and I know what my goals are through that scene so I know what I'm driving towards and happen to have succeeded and then for act two I was like I don't know what I want to do <laughs> so I may as well mm. choose the dice and then at that point it's like well I may as well go all in on white dice because that's quite, where I am it was nice it was it felt like it was different characters in the driving seat at different points yeah like Mike's plan drove a lot of the end of act one but Sue drove a lot of the beginning of Act 1, mm-hmm. and then, uh, I mean, Act 2 was a free-for-all. Mm. Yeah, yeah. it's nice that everybody gets that moment to be in the spotlight by leading a scene and saying, if you decide to establish rather than resolve, to say, this is the scene I want, I'm going to do this. So it gives agency to people to come in with their creative ideas, and so there's not one like lead character and everybody else is quiet and silenced mm. throughout. Yeah. Mm. Were there any details or plot threads we ended up dropping? Um, we made sure that we brought back the the bouncers. We yeah. mentioned all of the band members. Oh no, we didn't. We didn't mention the bassist in oh. the final um, in the final scene, <laughs> or at the party either. She had a great time at the party and got out fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they weren't mentioned, they survived. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, some of the backing vocalists, like the the group of mm. mixed vocalists, uh, mm. who they were, what they were doing. I guess it's did we flesh out the details? Yeah. Um, we're assuming the tiger made it out all right. But mm-hmm. we're yeah, it was asleep. We we'll assume it got out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I think it was good that the backing musicians were all silent. Like, no, did anybody take on the role of them no. at any point? No. So we said what so. they did, but nobody yeah. put a voice to them. So that was that was good. They yeah. were just you know background people dressing. who could they were dressing. We were involving them in scenes. We yeah. just didn't didn't need any dialogue from them. No. Yeah. And we, I think, I feel like all maybe yeah, I feel like all of the details that we established right at the beginning, the relationships and the needs, etc., all played pretty strongly into the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing felt neglected, and the two tilt elements came through very strongly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was the yeah that was that I I didn't quite understand when you explained it to me the first time how the tilt elements worked and then when you see them work that when you see it happen you're like ah mm-hmm. <laughs> they just come in and just ah. mess up everybody's yeah. carefully laid plans like by yeah. that point you've done eight scenes of people trying to make their needs and wants happen and then you just need something to come in and and cause problems kneecap yeah. it <laughs> surprise <laughs> and the twins made out like bandits yeah. yeah. Had a great, great time. Great, great outcomes for both of them. Get to Please make loads of like cherubs for the rest of his days. I think he's happy. Yeah. Mm. that That's the only goal he had in life. Lift and, and cherub penises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a nice. simple man. Yeah. But I think Sue is similarly simple. It mm. just wants to inspire others and waft about. <laughs> to do what though? Inspire others to... To be their best selves. Oh, right, okay. Because I'm aware that you sort of became the avatar of death, so I wasn't <laughs> quite sure where that was going. <laughs> I'm inspiring others to kill. <laughs> well, that inspired you to yeah, not. Yeah, precisely. Um, yeah. You still did, though. It was an accident, yeah. Josh. I cut his head off by accident. So you drew the sword to... Is this going to be another merely role players Alexander Pankhurst controversy? Did did Alex tr- mean to behead Tito Luna? Of or course not? he did. 100%. So no, <laughs> knowing full well that was the original plan. plan. I thought it would be funny if it happened anyway, but it happened by mistake. <laughs> After he's decided not to do it. Yes. Yeah. And burn down the theatre instead. Yes. Okay. So it wasn't like a. Yes, I did do it, <laughs> but I didn't mean to do it, and I think that's a very important. Like dividing line. We'll see how that stands up in a court of law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to, Your Honour. Is he still dead? Yes. <laughs> Matt, can we set up a Twitter poll? We all know it's rigged. We all know Richard Stratton will come in and ruin it and make me look like a guilty party. So I don't think it's yeah. It's well, we know that in, court. in the fiction, Mike did no time for that. Bilbo took the fall for all of the crimes. Yeah, <laughs> bizarrely, no one, no one mentioned Tito's beheaded corpse. <laughs> yeah, especially um, Marjorie, right? No, Meredith. 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 Sorry, Meredith. If she survived the hair fire incident, would yeah. say. By the way, that guy over there just cut his head off. I feel like maybe she didn't. Yeah. Maybe she knew it was an accident. She was like, "These things happen." Yeah. Never mind. No, she was supportive of uh, Tito, Tito, Toto in his villainy, so uh, she died. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I was saying this off offline just now. I really enjoyed playing a sap. Mm. Every every story that Fiasco is set up to emulate all of the Coen Brothers movies and and 
disasters uh, need a complete zap who's just led around <laughs> and that was me and that I enjoyed awesome. it a lot <laughs> <laughs> although as we said don't forget listeners he kicked a priest into a grave yes in the third not scene not innocent classic sap manoeuvre <laughs> I don't know what that priest's saying we're going to yeet him into a grave <laughs> don't appreciate he's appealing for peace at a funeral yeah. right now <laughs> take this you bastard I mean, <laughs> Greg's story would be sort of unmitigated tragedy had he not Kicked a priest into a grave mm-hmm. and yeah. done all of the drug, been tempted into doing all of the drugs when mm. when asked. Like yeah. I feel like because he did those two things, in many ways, it's a good way to say don't do drugs. <laughs> that's the, the that's the time. that's the uh, moral of this Millie mm-hmm. Rollplay's production. Take it from some people who, as you could tell from the production, mm-hmm. are experts on doing the drugs. Mm-hmm. O drugs for your delectation. <laughs> Ambassador, you spell it. <laughs> If you do do drugs, do them sensibly and with someone that you can rely on. And also, don't kick priests. It's really bad for <laughs> yeah. them. But oboes are still really boring me out. Yeah, listen, if you play an oboe and you're listening to this, unsubscribe right now, you boring bastard. Get out. Can we start a list of all the people we've upset on the podcast? I'm pretty sure, wasn't it Capricorns? Oh yeah, Capricorns <laughs> yeah. can do yeah. one. If you're a Capricorn and you play the oboe, get in touch. I want to meet you. Matt, you're actually, you can defend yourself. <laughs> well, technically, because of the 13th Zodiac constellation, they oh, found sure. I'm a Sagittarius now. Right, sure. Classic what? Sagittarius. Join the club. What? Uh, did anybody want to see anything that didn't happen? Is my question. Mm. I feel like that, like the... The potential, there was potential for like a final conflict or some sort of resolution between Bilbo and Greg on mm. stage. Yeah. Battle of the front men. Who takes the torch in the end? Mm. Yeah. Uh, which uh, they were denied that by the fire and the falling furnaces mm. and stuff. But I feel like maybe that will then happen in, in Hades afterwards. In mm. rock and roll Hades, <laughs> yeah. I think... I thought with the whole bringing out of the microphone yeah. and Bilbo realising it was no longer, he, you know, he'd handed over the baton to you. You know, he didn't return to the front of the stage. He kept up stage <laughs> with his guitar. I think that was like a ceremonial yeah. handing over of the crown and mm. the theremin to Sue in that same scene. So yeah. I don't think which, there would have been... Greg probably didn't realise the significance of what was happening at that mm. point. And then he fell in a swimming pool. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I think it's possibly the only moment where I think the um, the structure of the rules didn't get in the way as such, but um, all the way through we've been following this strict order of Josh, then me, then Alex, mm. then Matt. Yeah. Mm. Whereas for that final act, maybe things would have turned out differently mm. if we'd have gone Matt first. Yeah. So we'd made sure we got your stories before, because we, we knew chaos was happening when it came <laughs> to Alex. Mm. Right. Bring him a carnage. So yeah. if we'd shifted it, as to who went first. Yeah, that, oh, that could would have been, been really different. Mm. Because I guess going first, you've got the responsibility of setting up. You might not have yeah. the opportunity to do the denouement of yeah. creating your own finale because someone else will conduct it. Right? So yeah. I, I wonder if there is a, an argument to reversing the yeah. order for Act 2. So Act 1, mm. you do 8 clockwise and then you start the last person and go anti-clockwise that, the next time. Yeah. Mm. You know, that might very well be that I have... I'll need to look back at the rules and see if they say anything about that. 
yeah, I'm, I'm it, not going to. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to slander Fiasco and Bully Pulpit Games by saying that their game doesn't do that because I have no idea actually whether it does or not. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that's is more of a in this case in this scenario. I yeah. wonder if mm, yeah. rather than this is how it should be done. There's <laughs> probably you know home rules and stuff that you yeah. Yeah, house rules that you can implement for sure. Would anybody make any choices differently? Given the choice, given the chance, I might have chosen a different voice because my throat really hurts now <laughs> oh, no. after all that rasping. I'm sure Alex feels the same. Yep, I'm not too bad. Great, and you were the one that started the, rasp- <laughs> the, rasp- the, the voice of the train. twins. I do wish that I'd managed to get through AC any single scene without corpsing. Though. <laughs> that would have been nice. Or crying. Or crying. Or cry laughing. I oh my goodness, one, I need to hydrate. One thing I would would have done differently um, had I had the, the the forethought would be to write down a list of different descriptions for penis, <laughs> um, just so that I could have worked through more of them. I feel that mm-hmm. was a wasted opportunity. So to the listeners, I apologise. Are there any? Are there any of those words that you don't feel like you use that you just like to get on on, on um, mic now? No, no, because I, I can't remember the ones that I I've said and ones I haven't okay. said. So I don't want to muddy the uh, the penile waters, as it were. Oh. Uh, <laughs> our tenth studio album, Penile Waters. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> Matt, as the person that knew the most about the game before we turned up, how do you think it went? Did it go in the direction you thought it would? Anything you wish you'd done? I'm really pleased with how it went. Mm. Uh, as ever, running a game, or obviously I wasn't running it, but like bringing a game to the table that I've never played or run before, that none of us have ever played before, you never know how it's going to work. Um, the main thing I was worried about was like not knowing what a scene should be or what somebody might want out of it mm. and like losing focus and ending up just you know in improv when you get into a loop and you get stuck and you're like this scene is going nowhere somebody please rescue me <laughs> i was worried about that happening mm-hmm. i think we had maybe a couple of moments early on where mm. we we started getting a bit bogged down but i think we all helped each other through that uh, i think our improv experience paid off and i think the the game does help like by saying like there should be a point in each scene where you know how it's going to resolve, I think that really helps. Uh, and I, uh, I have absolutely no regrets about us choosing this playset. Mm. Oh no, no. Yeah, it was we, great right. fun. We considered a few others. We considered because there's a there's a sort of prequel to this one, which is a rock and roll band, but in their prime, young young rock and roll band. And we considered some others, uh, but everybody liked the idea of this one. So, and mm. I think we got great results. Mm. Yeah. Greg results. Greg results. <laughs> <laughs> Rock reference. Wait, no. No, no. no. That button's no. broken. Sorry. No, yeah. Sugar bag reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think all that remains to say is thank you all very much for playing. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for inviting us along. And thank you, everybody in the audience, for staying with us for this studio production. We'll see you back in the main house. Keep rock and rolling. Mm-hmm. Jared penis. <laughs> Peanut waters. <laughs> no. This has been Monumental Exit. Studio production from Merely Roleplayers, starring Matt Boothman as Greg Nevin, Natalie Winter as Sue Sherpa, 
Alexander Pankhurst as Mike Sherpa and Josh Yard as Bilbo Biltong. The theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst and the episode was edited and produced by Matt Boothman. We were playing Fiasco, a role-playing game by Jason Morningstar published by Bully Pulpit Games. Head to bullypulpitgames.com to find Fiasco and many, many Fiasco playsets, including After the Music Stopped, the one we were playing. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on! <laughs>